welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 144. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I am joined by the other regular host on this podcast in Cracker. How's it going, mate? Good, thanks, buddy. How are you? Pretty good. Just the the two of us tonight. Yep. Everyone's (laughs) scattered to the winds, so (laughs) just you and I. That's all right. We can talk magic. I mean, we're, we're the... Real reason why people listen to this podcast, aren't we? It's it's the host that attracts the the masses. Yeah, that's, we're both that's my the understanding. Host. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what they keep coming back for week in week out. It's not yeah. tangents or dad jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've said it before. I don't really know why people keep coming back to listen to us, but anyway, they do. So thanks. <laughs> yes, we, <laughs> we appreciate really do appreciate it. it. <laughs> All right, so uh, tonight's episode, we we sort of mentioned on last week's podcast that this week we were going to do a standard focus. It's been a very long time since we've really looked into the world of standard, and Mm -hmm. our next league that's kicking off in just a few days' time is going to be standard. So time to jump back into that world. We've got brand new format, recently had rotation, and uh, yeah, there's a lot going in there. So that's going to be the focus for tonight, and uh, yeah, just... A couple of other quick things to mention on the way through, but before we get into that, Cracker, do you want to shout out our awesome sponsors who gave me a collector box of Dominaria United I, this week? I would love to. So, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, if you've ever listened to us, you know that we love these guys and everything they do. They are the sponsors of the Magic Beans podcast and our tournament series. They're a Facebook auction page, and they actually just celebrated their fifth anniversary of the uh, of the site being up, which was it's impressive, man. Like I, I remember joining that really early on, like within probably the first few months of it being up, I think. And I would not have said it was five years that it's gone. So I mean, it's the just, last three years have just that's true. <laughs> they're all just a one year. No, you, you yeah. good point. Good point. Um, but yeah, so Pat did a, a giveaway for I think it was six uh, collector booster boxes. Of uh, what was it? MH two? Nah, Dominar- Dominaria Domina- United. Dominaria United, boxes. of course. Yep. Um, and yes, Shorty, you were you were lucky enough to do one of the <laughs> the actual randomization. Like you can watch the vod; it wasn't rigged. Pat <laughs> Pat wasn't trying to give us products just you know for the sake of it. It was it was, it was a legit win. But um, yeah, they they look Pat lists um physical magic cards every night of the week. There are literally hundreds up every day. In including win it now lots where you can just say mine or sold or whatever you want to say and you basically just get it at that price. They're always excellent because that's all he does is just ships magic cards to people all over the country. It's excellent. The The speed that he does it in, the quality of the service is fantastic. So go check him out, JPMTG Bazaar. And when you do win auctions, please let them know that they've been sent you and then that'll help us help you guys with the prizes for our tournament series. Very good. So, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise to be a winner of one of these boxes. So, Pat has got it in the post already, and I'll be doing a box cracking stream for that when it arrives. But, yeah, that's the sort of thing that they do all the time. There's, there's Every new yeah. set that comes out, Pat's putting up a, a giveaway of some sort mm-hmm. that's pretty easy to enter and, yeah, just, just giving away boxes or bundles or commander decks and, and all sorts of things so yeah even yeah, if it's you're usually not- something really challenging like what's your favorite memory of <laughs> the bazaar or something like that like <laughs> yeah. it, it's basically just engagement or like you just got to you know type in some comments in the in a post on facebook and that's yep. that's it very easy okay so before yes. we get into standard cracker mm-hmm. 
Did you know that there is an arena championship on this weekend? I, I mean, sure it's did. In the, it's in the show notes. So. Oh, no. I didn't know before that. <laughs> did you know before you read it in the no, show notes? No, <laughs> I didn't. Do you remember what an arena championship is? <laughs> yes, I, I actually did. Like, <laughs> despite despite us uh, talking about it before. Uh, yeah, it's like the premier event. It's like the tippity top of the arena events. It's like the pro tour sort of it's size. It's the, the it, top of the pyramid when we looked at those pyramids all exactly. that. Exactly. You know, six months ago or whatever. Thing, Yep. Uh, But yeah, it's super exclusive, invite only event, and you had to qualify through Arena. And it's yeah, like you said, it's on this weekend, which I had no idea about, mate. And like I follow, I follow a lot of like Magic pros and personalities and stuff on Twitter, and I haven't seen a single one of them tweet about this at all. I also follow like all of the Wizards accounts (laughs) on Twitter, and I haven't seen them post anything about this either. No, they do have a lot of accounts for some reason. They, they do. <laughs> I, ne- I never know who There's to like tag when I'm trying to tag or something. things. <laughs> yeah, just just all of them, man. Yeah. So yeah, this is uh, basically the arena version of the Pro Tour, and it, and it is the top of that that pyramid that we did speak about it. So this is players who have qualified through the arena qualifier weekends. So you know how they've had the those play in weekends. I think mm-hmm. there was one last weekend actually, where. You, you can play, you can enter as many times as you want, and then if you get that, you qualify for a qualifier weekend. There's so many qualifiers in, the, oh, yeah. in the, the wording of it all. But that gets you to, through to the qualifier weekend, and then if you win those or you do really well in those, that's how you qualify for the arena championship. So they're very hard to get to. There's like multiple steps you've got to get to to, to get there, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's only 32 players, but big prize pool uh, on this one and and a couple of worlds invite as well. So 200 grand prize pool. I think last place is mm-hmm. 1500 bucks. So and that's, that's impressive. that would be US as well. So that yeah. that's pretty nice and yeah, first place I think first might actually be 100 grand. Like it's it's a lot it's and massive. then getting that worlds qualification as well which you know the minimum prize power from worlds would be quite big as well. So yeah, very yeah. Very, very cool. But yeah, I saw a tweet about this maybe like two weeks ago and I was like, oh, cool, there's an arena championship coming up. Oh, it's on like the long weekend for us. Awesome. I'm going to watch coverage all weekend. This can be really cool. Followed the link to the the detail page and I'm reading mm-hmm. through it going, what format is this? <laughs> it literally, <laughs> it did not say anywhere. There was no, like there was a couple of links that went to basically nothing, but nowhere did it say what format it was. And then same as you, I'm like, oh, people will be talking about this over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And no one's been talking about it. There's no no one's talking about our podcasts. It was very briefly mentioned by Gabe Nassif on the Midweek Metagame podcast this week that because he's playing in it. Sure. And uh, there was like a 30-second mention and that was it. Uh, and the reason why, Cracker, why is, what's the reason why no one's talking about it? Oh, mate, it's everyone's favorite fake format. <laughs> it's alchemy. <laughs> why? <laughs> Uh, so it's there's it's actually uh, the the first three rounds are actually Dominaria United draft, but then all the rest of the event and the top eight is alchemy constructed. So, oh man, no wonder Wizards didn't want to put their, their format on, on the website. Like, why would you do it? You've got you've just had rotation. Yeah, you've got a brand new standard format, brand new yep. set that's just come out like three weeks ago. And then you go with a format that nobody cares about. And the sole reason for Alchemy is to be 
like fixed standard, but mm-hmm. you shouldn't need to have fixed standard when you've just had rotation. So yeah, oh, you just had like <laughs> all the problematic cards gone. Like he, he's not even gold spam mirrors anymore. No, no. So and the the other thing I realized with this is. You know, normally you you'd, back in the day you'd watch a pro tour and it's like, okay, cool, I watch the pro tour. Oh yeah, this deck's really cool and these cards are performing and and all this sort of stuff. And you get ideas and then, and then that sort of sets the meta game for the next few 100%. weeks and then things and, start to revolve the, from there. The or whatever. GP came up and yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Yep. But alchemy, it's like, okay, oh well, this deck was broken at the alchemy arena championship. Oh, let's just nerf all the cards. And so it's just completely pointless. <laughs> Like you can, oh, yeah. you can get nothing out of it. So, oh dear, good old, good old wizard. But so, like that. Yeah. That aside, like the nerfs aside, that just where's the hype? Like, yeah, if you want nothing. alchemy to be a thing, which apparently maybe they still do, the only way that you can do that is by getting engagement. The only way you get engagement is getting eyeballs on people playing it. Yeah, no one streams it. No one plays videos of it. Right, like. None of the big, I shouldn't say no one, none of the big magic content creators dabble in alchemy. They play all the other arena formats, right? Even, you know, historic, which is kind of, you know, dropped off our radar. But I know there's still people that love that. But I just don't hear of anyone playing alchemy ever. No. And and no. so, like, if you want to drive that forwards and you have a tool to do that and you're like, yes, we're locking it in. We've got 32 of the best players. Then throw your marketing machine at it. You're a billion-dollar company. <laughs> Like, surely you can spend, if you're giving away $200,000, like, at least spend 50 bucks on some flyers, man. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> just put 50 bucks on a Facebook ad. Seriously. It's just like 100 Better impressions there. You just, you've got an intern who tweets for you. Like, that doesn't cost you anything. Just get no. them to tweet, you know, a couple of times a day. Yep. So, anyway, the coverage, right. it, it, there'll be coverage on all weekend, and it'll be like their usual arena championship yep. event coverage like it, it'll be good coverage there'll be great commentary mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff so if if you do want to watch some you know high quality magic being played this weekend then uh, it, it is there for you but yeah unfortunately the format is just not good and, and oh, it would have just been so perfect if it was standard I mean, the format this could weekend. be good who knows oh it could be but <laughs> just, just don't care about it yes, that's that's exactly. the big thing yeah so, anyway uh, uh, it is is what it is, and hopefully we will soon have the announcement that the Alchemy Experiment is over and that format is gone, and all the the teams that are working on Alchemy cards at Wizards are now working on getting Pioneer on, <laughs> on Arena. Oh, please, let's do that. <laughs> okay, all right. So from all a right. format that no one cares about to a format that, uh, you know, people's caring about it goes up and down depending on how the format is, but I think at the moment... It's pretty popular, and that is standard. So, yeah, as I said before, and as we we've mentioned on the podcast recently, we have our league kicking off next week, and it we're back to standard. We ran well, our last one day event was a sealed. Our league before that was Explorer, and the one day event before that was Explorer. So the mm-hmm. last time we were into standard was our Kamigawa league. I think. Wow. Or, uh, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, it would have been our Kamigawa right. league. Yep, because yeah. streets came out. In a really mm-hmm. weird time and, and whatever, so that's why we did the, so like did the Explorer League. Almost, uh, no, I don't think it's quite. That. It was earlier this year, but <laughs> it yeah, it was. Like a year ago. <laughs> Who knows? It was it was quite a while ago. So yeah, we haven't paid a ton of attention to standard, but we had rotation. We've got new sets. Things are very different to how they were before. So we're going to run through tonight. 
what's going on in standard. We're going to actually have a look at individual decks and sort of talk you through what they are, what they're doing, do we think they're good or all that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, basically give you a bit of an idea on the standard metagame at the moment. So, Cracker, I've, I've taken just a screenshot from Untapped, and yes. I, don't, I don't have the Untapped Premium. I've only got free, so I'm, it's just the best of one popularity. But they have a good uh, table there that shows you the win percentages, like today's win percentages mm-hmm. uh, for the decks. So, you, you know you know what's doing really well at the, at the moment, but also the popularity of decks today. So, I, th- I think that's a really good starting point because so we've got eight decks there. It gives us basically a snapshot of what are people actually playing in, in best of one at the moment. So do you want to just run us through that list and, and the percentages and then we'll take it from there? Yeah, for sure. So number one is Mono Black Control at 23.3%. Then we have Selesnia Enchantments at 11.7%. Mono Red at 7.8%. Mono White Aggro at 6.2%. Mono Blue Delver at 58 Gruel Aggro at 5 Azorius Control at 4.6 and Esper Midrange at 4.5%. The top eight for today, apparently. Yeah. So that's like pretty diverse. I, I know mm-hmm. we've mentioned on the podcast, plenty of other people have mentioned it on, on their podcasts and it's been all over Twitter. When Standard first rotated, what was going on in Standard? I mean, it was just black decks. <laughs> yes. And, and like... <laughs> Uh, underneath <laughs> underneath those, like the next few ones down are actually like Espen Midrange, Rakdos Midrange, Jund, Grixis, Mono Black Aggro. So, so like <laughs> ra- rounding out the next stack of, you know, four or five are actually like black based decks. So let's not say that they've disappeared or anything. This is, you no. know, a sample size from today. But yeah, I mean, it was just Shieldreds and Lilianas, right? That was kind of the thing that everyone was wanting to do. Yeah, very much so. We saw a few tournaments in the first couple of weeks. There was a, a really big Japanese one, like 700-player Japanese yeah. event. And out of the top All, 200 yeah. decks, there was mm-hmm. like six non-black decks. <laughs> it was just all either mono-black, yeah, Grixis, Rakdos. Esper, Rakdos. Yeah. Like it was just – everything was just black-based. And I think a lot of that was – people going okay well we've got Liliana the Veil Liliana, Liliana the Veil is a super powerful card mm-hmm. uh, we're going to play that we're going to play it as a four of and you know it, it probably was a good place to start and yeah we had Shieldred and then you had Cut Down and yeah, so you had you know the black side was really good and then pairing that with red which was pretty common you had your Fable of the Mirror Breakers and we got you know we got Lightning Strikes to, to, to play those sorts of things yeah Blood Tide Harvester yeah you still had the uh, why do I always forget the, the boxer's name the, the one that comes back Tenacious Underdog that's the one it's, it's yeah. a picture of a boxer it is yeah so that was sort of a really good spot to start and we've come a fair way from that in the last couple of weeks but there was certainly a period where there was a lot of concern from a lot of people that this was standard for the next few months Yeah, which I'm glad to say it hasn't panned out <laughs> that well I mean I uh- I wouldn't be celebrating too hard because there's no, still no. a lot. There's still a yeah. lot of black decks around. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, just sort of looking at that, twenty three percent for mono black control. That is a lot for standard. Mm-hmm. Like, it's actually uh, that's not. It is a lot, but for standard, it is not a crazy amount. When you're seeing those sorts of percentages in modern, that's when it's a real concern because modern typically the the number one decks cap out at like 10 to 15%. So 23% for standard is not crazy, but that is quite a bit. 
Have you? I, I yeah. Yeah. Uh, both you and I have been playing quite a bit of standard over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned about the mono black deck? Do you think it is a problem? Or I think it's clearly the best. Like I, I, I think I, I don't know which version it is, whether it's like mono black or whether it's Esper or something. But I think that that shell, like black, was probably the best color or one of the best colors coming out of the end of rotation. And you know, people were just playing a lot of that already, and then they just picked up like a bunch of new tools, and it just got stronger so i think that yeah like is it a problem i don't think so is it very good yes like clearly it's excellent but i mean i'm i don't know man like i'm not interested in calling for bands on any of this stuff at the moment no. it all feel it, it feels beatable then nut draws are nutty which is true of like a lot of the decks in fact i think there are some other decks in this list that have scarier nut draws than mono black does yeah uh, but it's just it's doing that typical mid-range thing. Like even this, you know, control list in quotes, it just it just beats down as well. You know, like Tenacious Underdog into Graveyard Trespasser, just it's a real clock. It can get out of hand really quickly. And man, the amount, the amount of bank busters I've been seeing recently <laughs> is insane. The Reckoner Bank Buster is like just jumped in popularity, it feels like, in the last couple of weeks because it just does everything. It's what an excellent card. So, yeah, yeah. I don't, what about you? What's your experience with it? Because I know that you and I have been playing like different ends of the spectrum as far as decks and, and how they fare against these kinds of strategies. So, like, what's your experience with it? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I found it, it can be, it can be very strong. And yeah, it's, it's just a, a deck that is full of very powerful cards. And if it has its good curve, uh, like I've been playing mono red, and, and if it, if they're on the play and they hit Shieldred on turn four, it's pretty much <laughs> game over yeah. for me. But but then there's also the games where I'm on the play and I have my fast draw and it's like, yeah, you like you literally just did nothing. Yeah, you played creatures or you did some things, but I killed you in like on turn four or five quite easily. So uh, I haven't played <laughs> I haven't played any best of three, so I, I, I can't speak for post sideboard games. But it, yeah, it is just a strong strong deck and is a it's a target and i know that's something that chewy always says a lot when we're sort of talking about formats is mm-hmm. there's no there's no problem with having a best deck in the format like it, there's a problem when it's 60 percent of the format and it's like it, there's no reason to be playing any other deck which is which what we've seen in the past with things yeah. like team or energy and things like yep. that that's not what we've got here by having a strong powerful deck that is a fair chunk of the metagame then that gives you a target that gives you something to aim for when you're building your decks and you need to look at the decks that you're building and go can my deck beat this you know can i beat it post sideboard or can i beat it at all and if the answer is no then you're probably playing a deck that you shouldn't be playing in this current format all right mate calm down Cracker, you should no. not be playing Delver. I'm, I'm actually not. Uh, <laughs> You're playing Mono Blue without Delver. Yeah, now. Mono Blue, Delver, less Delver. Uh, yeah. I think this is actually like, it's kind of a good deck to have as the best thing. Yeah, because it's not broken. It gives, no, not at all. It gives you the opportunity. I mean, we're still lacking a little bit, I think, to be able to go under it really effectively. Mono Red is close. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's quite there. But it also is keeping these decks honest, right? Like they have to play to the board early or they will get run over. At the same time, there is room for 
some ramp decks and you know there's the invocation the white one splendid invocation is it or invoke invoke that's the one yeah which like can go over the top so i think it's good that you know we we and but the flexibility of this is that you can kind of shift it week to week to being like hey do i need to be more aggressive do i need to be more controlling like you can kind of flex around it but when when clearly the best deck is like we've seen sometimes those simic ramp or those team of ramp decks that just get really big but they have a lot of early interaction those are really hard to have as like the best deck in the format to me so i, yeah. I like that this is kind of you know here's your choice you, you play like a black mid-range or you try and go like way over the top with titans and, and other things or you're trying to get like way underneath or you like you just play a million counter spells yeah yeah so uh, like yeah having a mid-range deck as the top deck in the format gives you room to work because mm-hmm. yeah it's exactly like i said like you're traditionally you either go you become the bigger mid-range deck which beats the current mid-range deck and then you play control which beats all the mid-range decks but then if mm-hmm. control's getting really big then aggro becomes really good and you you have that that really good churn through yeah through the rock paper scissors so, kind of thing yeah so starting with a mid-range deck that is really strong but isn't crazy powerful and too strong is a good place to start in a format and looking at that list that we started with you know you, you go back two weeks where it was Rakdos, Rakdos, Grixis, Esper, Rakdos, Mono Black, Mono Black, like just all black mid-range decks. Mm-hmm. And now you look at this top eight list and it's Mono Black Control, yeah, number one, but Selesnya Enchantments, Mono Red Aggro, Mono White Aggro, Mono Blue, Gruul Aggro, Control, like Azorius Control, Esper Midrange. Like it is a really diverse uh, field there where we're starting to see those different strategies actually being able to be played. All right, so yeah. let's actually have a look at the list so we've talked a bit about mono black do you want to actually sort of run us through the cards that we're seeing in mono black yeah so the the list we're looking at here like we said is just from you know today or the last couple of days on untapped it does have fifty-four thousand matches recorded against it and i guess the reason we use untapped is it is a really good tool for the most enfranchised people right like we all have it on our computers you know it logs your stats and then you know it's just not just on your phone, though. That's it's the, not on your phone, which is okay because I lose more on my phone. Uh, yeah, well, I, I I only play on my PC no, when I'm streaming. <laughs> so that's fine. Like the vast majority of my matches are on my phone, and none of yep. them are counted. There you go. But um, this is a good resource because it is just those like super franchise players. So the the list we're looking at here has got a win rate of just over sixty percent, and like I said, fifty four thousand matches. And it's got four Lilianas, three Sorens, three Tenacious Underdogs, four Graveyard Trespassers, two Shieldreds, a Junji the Midnight Sky, for people who remember that one. That's the, <laughs> the black legendary dragon from Kamigawa. Uh, and it's got the dies effect. We've got a Soul Transfer, which I've seen a bit of, actually. There's four Invoke Despairs, four Cutdowns, three Infernal Grasps, two Bank Busters, three Meat Hook Massacres, and 26 lands, including a couple of Field of Ruins. Mm. And all, all those numbers do go up and down. Like you, you, you do see some lists that are only yep. running like two Lilianas, but four Sorens, or they might be yep. running, you know, four Tenacious Underdog, that sort of thing. And, and that's where that... Or none of that weird dragon. Yeah, yeah. So that's where the, the metagame, you know, you're adjusting based on what you think you're going to be seeing and, and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So that's that's good. That's that's what we want to see. But yeah, they're, they're almost always running four of Invoke Despair, which is really 
quite powerful. Like, I mean, you, you look at the mana cost and, you know, it's one and four black. Like, that's <laughs> that's a pretty steep mana cost. But when you're playing mono black, that's not really an issue. And, and even for some of the other colored decks, it's not, not that much of an issue. But it is a very powerful effect that really does get them back into the game. I'm just glad that it's like it's your opponents lose two life rather than them gaining two life if it was you know they they sack creatures and and whatever and then you gain mm-hmm. life yep. that would be horrible <laughs> i know that like mono red you, you know you can get them down to a point and then they invoke you and it's like yeah that's okay i can still finish them off the, from here but if they gained like four or six life off of it as well mm-hmm. oh yeah that would that would not be good i mean yeah let's not make a good card better yeah <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't need the help <laughs> Yeah. So, like, sort of looking at all the cards that are in it, they, they're all just strong, powerful cards. You know, you've got some really good removal in Cutdown and Infernal Grasp mm-hmm. that can deal with basically everything that's a threat at the moment. Yep. Uh, Invoke Despair just catches you up big time, as does Metook Massacre, wipe the board, gain a bunch of life, and, you know, deals a bit of damage to your opponent as well. The, the Bank mm-hmm. Busters just as you said before, kind of do everything. Just yeah. value, man. Yeah. Yep. That, uh, that Shiol- actually feels like the real glue to that deck. I just want to chat about that for a second because yeah, one of it. the things that I, it will let them do is play to the board. And and I see this quite a lot where they'll play like an early underdog and, you know, or maybe two and then like a trespasser and they just kind of sit behind removal spells or they'll have a bank buster in play and they don't always crew it. They just use it end of turn, you know, end of your turn, I'll just draw a card, right? And then, or they just, you know, make it into a 4-4 and, and bash you with that. So, like, it it really does a lot for just kind of smoothing this out, which is something that Mono Black can historically have issues with. And that's why you've seen cards like uh, Phyrexian Arena and things like that, or, you know, some of those other enchantments we saw. What was the land that you could, I've gone blank on it now, but you could, you know, draw cards, draw a card, and then you lose life equal to the number of cards. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the Black castle Lockswain. that's the one the castle yeah so like it's filling that role but at the same time like it just it's a big threat in itself like it's a effectively a two mana four four and everything crews it (laughs) like all the creatures (laughs) all the creatures in this deck crew the bank buster and eventually you know if if you're not dead already then they get to make one of their little you know one ones and you're not killing the token because it's the smallest thing that you care about it's a one one until it crews as a you know a three one so yeah i think bankbuster is is huge and obviously like meat hook just being able to to catch up and, and regain all that life and stuff it just it's an absolute backbreaker for like mono red and mono white yeah definitely yeah like it's playing off the the resource denial with Liliana, like mm-hmm. forcing it, like, you know, it's like, yep, okay, let's just strip both players of their hands and then I'm just going to get my card advantage back with Sorin, you know, plusing Sorin and, and revealing mm-hmm. cards. Like, yeah, I'm going to take some life, but I don't care. I'm going to gain that back through various means. Uh, yeah, or I'm going to use my bank buster to, to get me some cards back in my hand. So, yeah, just, just really fights on a bunch of different angles and doesn't really have any weaknesses i think is the is the main thing you know if you if you're playing an aggressive deck you're trying to get in under them quickly well they've got a ton mm-hmm. of removal if you're playing yep. a long slow grindy deck well they're just going to take all the cards out of your hand through various means and if you're playing a bunch of removal against them well they've got recursive threats in uh, tenacious underdog and different things like that and yeah the uh, the soul transfer now able to get cards back from their graveyard so it's yeah, it's just a strong, powerful deck, and you need to 
be able to beat this deck. Otherwise, you kind of just go nowhere. So yeah, and look, I, I don't think anyone who's played standard since rotation hasn't run across this. <laughs> like, I just no, I don't see how that's possible anywhere along the ladder. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is it. And you know, to to make it into one of the other decks, you just add a couple of the pain lands and. <laughs> Shave a couple of the black spells and add a couple of the other colours. Pick yep. your poison and, and away you go. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, it, it doesn't even need that. And, it, like, the last time we saw a mono black deck be really good, it was, like, Devotion. And it was really, like, mono black for a reason. So, it had all the black pips. But yep. the the only real reason that it's mono black, one, it doesn't need to be any other colours. And, two, it just makes casting your Invoke Despair even easier. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, just a bunch of really strong, powerful cards. All right, the next deck along the list there has... I've only just sort of seen this cropping up in the last week. It's mm-hmm. the Selesnia Enchantments list. So we had runes in the last standard format, and that we was did. Naya runes. And, you know, you had your the dude that makes your runes cost one less. Runeforge com- Champion. Yeah, paired with your Dukai Naturalist, and it made all your runes free, and you're just casting mm-hmm. a million runes and giving your dudes haste and trample and all that sort of stuff. And that, that deck was pretty bonkers for, for quite a while, and, and it certainly was yeah. when we stopped playing Standard. But turns out there's actually quite a lot of that deck that has survived through into uh, into the current format. So, yeah, this deck's sort of popping back up again, and it's it's actually it's, it's certainly not as explosive and as powerful as the Runes version was previously, but it can still have some really, really strong, fast... Uh, starts and, uh, and sort of yeah. really put that pressure on you so yeah we've got uh generous visitor which is the the one mana one that when you cast an enchantment you put a counter on a creature spirit of companion which is the the enchantment dog that draws you a card cami of transience it's the two two trample that when you cast an enchantment you put a counter on it and then you can bring it back from your graveyard and one thing i've found with this if you are playing against uh the enchantments deck how I've found with mono red, often you you know you, you're spending some of your burn spells to kill their creatures. If you wait until it triggers in either end step, so it, it, the way it's worded, at the beginning of each end step, if an enchantment was put into your graveyard from battlefield this turn, you can return it from your graveyard to your hand. So if you wait until your end step or your opponent's end step, so you're actually in the end step and then kill like a Duke or naturalist, mm-hmm. it doesn't trigger. Because it's triggering at the beginning of the end step. Yeah, you've already moved past the yeah. that part of the phase, and so the, but then it doesn't trigger on the next end step either, unless an enchantment dies. So there, oh, okay. think about your timing when you're killing their enchantments. Don't just fire off your removal willy nilly. Nah, if you wait till the end step, you kill their enchantment. They don't get the trigger. They don't get their cami back. Uh, for Duke or Naturalist is yeah, sort of the glue of what's holding these these decks together. Sky Blessed Samurai, I. Didn't know this card existed, but it's a seven mana four four with flying that costs one less to cast for each enchantment you control, which you're going to have quite a few of those. Commune with spirits searches for or looks at the top four for lands or enchantments. Uh, Circle of confinement, enchantment based removal, hold for ransom, which I hadn't seen either, but it's another. Yep. It's basically like a pacifism with an extra ability. It is. Yep. Uh, Machiko's Reign of Truth, which we've seen previously, it's the one that flips into an enchantment that gets plus on plus on for the other enchantments you control. Touch the Spirit Realm, which is sort of the uh, Oblivion it's Ring enchantment. Ring. Yep. yep. And then Wedding Announcement, which again is another uh, card that just sort of ties, or is, is, is almost sort of that glue that holds a lot of decks together by um, yeah letting you draw extra cards and just putting creatures on the field. So 
a lot of just, again, solid cards that have a lot of synergy together and can lead to some very quick aggressive starts with creatures that sort of scale up and get, get quite large quite quick. So have you come across this much? I have actually, yeah. I've been running into it a little bit. And uh, can I just say that Generous Visitor is a really stupid card and <laughs> I don't like it because <laughs> I'm playing a Counterspell deck and uh, it's a 1-1, one, one, which means it resolves before I have any interaction. And then they just cast spells and it just gets huge. I don't, it's not even enters the battlefield. You're playing Fading Hope, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, I am, but you've got to find them. And <laughs> like it's Fading Hope of 1-1 one, one always feels bad. Sometimes yeah, you it's get a, a, a seven-seven though. So, so <laughs> yeah. like you got to do it. That's that's the start, right? Like generous visitor into spirited companion, or into Jukai naturalist, and and this thing is off to the races. Yeah, uh, yeah it gets big I am yet quick. to see one of the sky blessed samurais. I have come across the list that are playing like Katilda, uh, yep, yep. which is you know a bunch of flying lifelink. and uh, that kind of just pops off with the wedding announcement. Yeah, you know it just. Yeah, just making yep. a bunch of spirits and then just get big real fast. Yep. And it's, There's you know, also it's the uh, the Weaver of Harmony, which is a two-mana 2-2 two, two that uh, Enchantment Lord, other enchantment creatures you control get plus yes. one, plus one, and you can copy triggered abilities, activated triggered abilities. So you, you see people copying their draw a card or off their Spirited Companion when it enters the battlefield and different mm. things like that. So that's quite the nice. The gross one for that is the, uh, the first two chapters of Michigo's Reign of Truth. Yeah, yep. And then there's just like, I would like to put a double set of plus one, plus one counters, <laughs> plus one, plus one on my trampling, you know, yeah, uh, Kami. Yeah, like this, when I was saying that mono black is really good, and but some decks have got scarier starts, this one. This one feels like it's got a scarier start than a mono black deck a lot of the time. Yep. I do have to laugh at the mana base though. Like the, the first deck that we're looking at here is... Ten yeah. planes, eight forests, and four blossoming sands, the tapped lands that gave you one life. Listen, all right. The, uh, <laughs> brush land's now, coming. Man. Eventually it's they're coming. getting brush land. It'll be next set, and then this deck will get better. Uh, yeah. The other thing that this deck is packing is a surprising amount of removal, which was one thing that I just kind of wasn't prepared for the first time I played against it. I just wasn't really expecting them to have, like, it's just a sack of circle of confinements, which hits a lot of things. Yeah, and then yeah, hold for ransoms. I got hit by that too. I had a um, I had one of the Talarian serpents out. You know, I was like, yeah, five five war two, take that. And then it's like, yeah, we're just gonna pay four, and your dude doesn't block. I was like, <laughs> pretty annoying. And then yeah, also the touch of the spirit realm, just again, really good card, and you can channel it as well to do some stuff as well if you want to do that. So yeah, you can you also can with with the weaver of of harmony, you can copy like the triggered abilities from your enchantments when they enter the battlefield. Right. So like the Get touch of the spirit things. realm. Yeah, because it enters and then the trigger goes on the stack to target a creature or mm -hmm. enchantment or whatever. And then you can copy that with your weaver and then, yeah, take two. So, so is this deck busted? No. No. Is it, it's, it's strong though. And I think it actually does pretty well against the, I wouldn't be surprised if it did quite well against the, the black decks. Because you just, again, you're gaining a lot of value, you're drawing a lot of cards. There's a lot of recursion, like those Kamis just do keep coming back and, you know, they are cheap. And then there's just got some sticky threats, you know, like you're just spitting out a bunch of vampires or drawing cards with wedding announcements. So, yeah, it's yep. doing its thing. Solid deck. All right, next one down on the list is my favorite deck, Mono Red Aggro. 
mm-hmm. but uh, these these lists are different to what I've been playing. If you want to know exactly what I've been playing, I, I we posted up a uh, a video today on YouTube. Go and check it out. I uh, I sort of cut up my stream from earlier in the week where I broke down the deck and the cards I'm playing, and then yeah, spoke about it all, and then uh, put on the gameplay. So took a three and a half hour stream down to like an hour and forty minutes, which is nice. pretty good. And uh, yeah, go on, go and check that out. But my so my version is more the the spells type version. But what we're sort of seeing more commonly is is a much more creature based mono red. And initially, like when the the format rotated, I didn't really think mono red was going to be good enough, especially with all the the mid range sort of soup going on. It just mm-hmm. was missing a few tools. But it's actually turned out to be surprisingly good. You can pile on the pressure pretty quickly and you do have some powerful cards and getting lightning strike I think was the big the big oh, addition yeah. to to mono red cuz that that card is just so good. Yeah. I mean, can we please just have lightning bolt? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Bo- bolt is actually too good. Yes, lightning yes. strike is is kind of the perfect power level for standard and I'm always happy when it is in. Like it's it's really good to have I've seen this particular top list a bunch of times as well. So yeah. they're playing. I mean, you're the mono red master, shorty. You want to tell us what's in there? <laughs> yeah. So we see varying amounts of Chandra dressed to kill the the three mana Chandra, uh, but the sort of the main creatures that we see: Phoenix Chicks, Bloodthirsty Adversaries, uh, the Radha's Firebrand, which is the one that it's a two mana three one that when it attacks target creature defending player controls with power less than Radha's Firebrand can't block this turn, and then it's got a domain mm-hmm. ability that you you're never gonna. Never going to use. Uh, Reckless Stormseeker we've seen before. Squee. I've seen a bunch of squees in various numbers. They're pretty good. Three mana, 2-2 two, two haste that gives you a 1-1 one, one goblin when it's attacking and then you can bring it back from your graveyard. It's it's not bad. And then Thundering Raiju, which I haven't tried. I've played against it a few times, but can be quite strong. And then, yeah, you've just got your burn. You, you play with fires, your lightning strikes. Kamado faces Kakazan, just a very, very strong card. That card is is just awesome. And then, yeah, some list playing Hammerhand, which is a one-mana enchantment that when it enters the battlefield, target creature can't block this turn. So that's a nice ability for a red aggressive deck that's trying to get through creatures. And then the creature has Possum, Possum, and Haste. So you can sort of, you know, you could put that on your... Your Radder's Firebrand makes it a 4-2. Yeah, so I then, had someone do that to me. Yeah, Didn't feel so, good <laughs> on turn three. Something can't block from the hammer hand coming in, and then when your firebrand attacks, something else can't block. So that's that's quite good. And then I sort of see this pop up every now and then. Uh, the Shivan Devastator, which is the X and a red uh, for a zero zero flying with haste that enters the battlefield with X possum possum counters on it. So that thing's just sort of usually a one or a two of in these lists, just as a bit of a top end. I I did see when the format sort of. St- first rotated quite a few of these lists playing like Jaya as well in, in the yep. main. But it seems like they've sort of moved away from that and, and I think they're they're running that in the sideboard as as I will be in my list as well. But yeah, it's it's solid. It's it's got some good aggressive creatures. It's got a bunch of hasty dudes. It can put on the pressure pretty quickly. It's got some recursive threats in your squee and your Phoenix chick. It has the reach that we sort of always talk about with the mono red with the burn that can actually go to the face, which we've been mm-hmm. missing for, for quite a while. And, yeah, it's just, just sort of generally powerful. Chandra is actually quite a powerful Planeswalker and has, you know, ca- a little bit of card advantage sort of built into it. And, uh, yeah, good good solid deck. Yeah, I, I 
no, exactly that. I, I think that, that that sums it up really well. Like it's um it's fast starts are really scary. It, it, it's it no, it just it does. Like it does a really good job of, of applying the pressure. I think that I mean it like we said, like it has some weaknesses, like it doesn't quite have the the power to go over the top. And it's interesting because I haven't seen any of that X Dragon at all. Which I'm surprised by. Okay. They just yeah. haven't come across it. Whether people just haven't had it to cast. Yeah, it's it. normal. It's normally only a one or a two of, so you, you're mm. probably not seeing it that often. Yeah, but um, otherwise, yeah. I mean, it's just just doesn't want to read things. I probably don't get to see it because I'm dead before they draw it, <laughs> <laughs> or or I've counted every spell and they've given up on life. I don't know. One of those those are the two outcomes. Yep. Yep. All right. So, yeah, if you want to know more about Mono Red, go and check out the latest video on our YouTube channel. And while you're there, hit the uh, subscribe button and ring the bell and all that sort of stuff because uh, we have not many subscribers on YouTube. For uh, Well, we haven't really done much of a focus on that. So, so we, we appreciate the encouragement. Yes, definitely. If you guys, you know, sub there, then it makes us think we should do more there. Yep. All right. So, so next list. I... Yeah. Didn't even know this was a list. No, I mean <laughs> not, not seen it at all. Mono white aggro. What? <laughs> what if, is if going you on look here? at the if you look at the actual um, total number of matches, it's minuscule compared it to some of the others. Yeah, yeah, okay. So yep. like the, the top one here is four thousand three hundred. The mono red list we were just looking at was like fifty thousand games, I think. Eighty five thousand matches. Yep. So huge difference in terms of like the overall popularity, but apparently it's been popular today. What's the highest win rate today? True, win 61. Yeah. It's because no one's yeah. expecting it. Yeah. Uh, so, Hopeful Initiate's Hotshot Mechanic, which is a white for a 2-1, and it crews vehicles. No one cares about the second part. It's a 2 no, no it's no a vehicles one in, <laughs> in the list. <laughs> Guardian New Banalia, the Intrepid Adversary, you know, really, really strong card, actually. One of the main reasons I think you'd want to be in, in mono white. Thalia, I hate that thing. Adeline, again, excellent card. And then Anointed Peacekeeper, Brutal Cathar, and then Sarah Paragon. So going a little bit bigger. But um, yeah, that's the the big Luris kind of thing where you can um, once per turn cast a permanent with a mana value or three or less from your graveyard. And that's, that's a really strong ability. But like t- this list, man, is all creatures. Yeah. 24 lands, yep. 36 creatures. <laughs> yeah. The, the other list underneath has it's changed it up so much, man. It's got 35 <laughs> creatures, two instants, and 23 lands. They're playing a Valorous Dance and a Destroy Evil. Yeah. They mean it. It's yeah, I I I mean, it's got powerful creatures. We've we've spoken about this before with Mono White. Like all the creatures just have abilities tacked onto them. You know, you've got taxing abilities from Thalia. You've got Enter the Battlefield abilities from Anointed Peacekeeper and Brutal Cathar and that sort of thing. You're recurring things with your Sarah Paragon. You're pumping your dudes with your Intrepid Adversary. Like, there's there's a fair bit going on in your creature base to make up for not having any spells. But mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't get behind this. I'm just not about I can't that get behind this man. list. No. Yeah. <laughs> Next. I mean, I'm sure it's probably good. It's had a good... Is it- couple of days but yeah okay we'll we'll right. see how it goes you know cue next week where there's like hundred thousand matches played with mono white and it's the top deck now and no yeah, one's playing fine. mono black anymore i'm, I'm happy to be wrong <laughs> it happens a lot yeah. all right next list though cracker oh yes yeah. this is what you're all about <laughs> no sort of uh delver yeah mono blue delver is is definitely a deck you can play speaking of low I match d- numbers 
Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> two thousand one hundred. Like it's it's definitely a, a significantly less uh, sample size, and I mean that that is reflected in terms of like the popularity as far as like total percentage. You know, we're we're down into the single digits sort of thing here. So definitely a lot less people playing it. There are a bunch of different lists, and I've tried several different things, and I still Me don't too. know what is is correct. Yeah, I know you. you I gave up, and I went to Mono Red. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, it did not that's, work. That's uh, that's uh, about what I expected. Uh, so look, there are th- these lists. Are, I mean, they're called Delva, so they've all got you know four copies of Delva, Horty Gin, and then some number of Tolarian Terrors, which is as good as I thought it would be when we were talking it, about it. Yeah, in, like it, it can be, but it's. Like, yes, a lot of the time you are getting it cheap. You know, the mm-hmm. th- big thing with it is you're not getting it, you're not casting it on like turn two for one mana sort of thing. No, you're not. Like, it's like not you a, could in, in modern or something out. like that. So, so you're casting it on turn three or four or whatever. And when yep. you're getting to that point, the ward two just kind of doesn't matter. No, but it's just big. It is. Like, but it, it's, it's got it, no, it's just no, a five a, five. No, okay. All right, mate. Listen, we're in mono blue <laughs> and a five five is just imp- important. A seven mana five five in mono yes. blue. Yep, correct. Power, That's exactly right. <laughs> so then we've got like considers fading hopes and pick your poison as far as one of the many many types of different counter spells that there are. So spell pierce, syncopate, make disappears, negate, Atari's scorn. People playing thirst for discovery. There's there's a lot of different things you can do in that space. So the lists I've been playing actually don't have any. <laughs> any delvers it's got like four gins and it had like one terror and i cut a land to play another terror uh because mono one has got that uh, mono one <laughs> best of one has got the uh hand smoothing algorithm so yes, you, you yes. end up not getting pinched on uh lands quite as often as you wouldn't best of three so best of three i'd probably want to go back up to another land i think on my list but uh this deck is i've actually found it harder to play than other iterations of these decks. So the first one I, I started playing actually had the the Drake that when you target it with a spell that you it's the um, yeah, Stormtress Drake. Storm. Yep. Yep. I've tried and that then one. I was also playing like so I was playing like Shore Ups, you know, the Hexproof and Plus One, Slip Out the Backs, you're playing Combat Research, and I was playing Ledger Shredders, and I just couldn't buy a win, man. <laughs> like I just, <laughs> yep, that's the exact I just experience could, I had. I just couldn't. No, just the the problem I found with it, and like obviously some people having some success is that you need an early threat, and then you need protection. But even when you had those things, you you couldn't do everything, and you couldn't apply enough pressure. No. Like you, you can flip. Like Delver flipping is good, but at the same time. Like a tenacious underdog is a three-two for two mana, and they just keep getting it back. Like it, that's kind of the the same sort of thing. So I just I had I was really struggling with it, uh, and the fact that you weren't playing any gins just wasn't really working. So the the list I've been playing, which was the one you posted the other day for me, actually, uh, and yeah, made a couple little changes, is actually been much stronger. But man, it's it's hard to play. Like you just have to know when to take your beating. I was playing against mono black before the cast actually, and I had. I just, I just, I just kept getting attacks. They had like, you know, two trespassers and a bankbuster in play, and they were just beating me down. But I managed to keep other things off the board, and eventually I got to play a gin. And the cost reduction side of that, man, do not underestimate that because yeah, that turns it, it's amazing. It turns Atari's Atrades, Urtai. Yeah, let's go with that. It turns that into Urtai's scorn just straight into counterspell. 
Yeah. Blue, blue, counter target spell. And it's cost blue less if an opponent has cast two or more spells this turn. So the amount of times that you're casting actual, like, just might as well just be flustered storm or something like that. Like you're just countering a spell for a single blue mana is huge. And then negates for blue syncopates costing you effectively one or, you know, one and two. Like it, it, it's really good. So the, 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 and then it was literally like, I play this, I protect it for a turn. I attack you for 13. Like it was just two attacks and then the game was over. So the, the way that this punches is better than Tempest Gin ever did because you never wanted to play that many lands. So Tempest Gin would be like a five power thing, sometimes six if you were flooding out a little bit and you felt bad for yourself. But this thing is just like, it, yeah. It's way better. Attacks, it's it's just massively better. So yep. is it good? No. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know that it's bad. It's better than it's been in a long time. Let's just go with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm having yeah. fun, but <laughs> there aren't free wins. You know, like- you, you got to work for them. No, when Tempest Gin was in standard, yeah, you could play your, you know, you had your couple of one drops that you could play. You could put a Curious Obsession on that yep. and you could just protect them and that was enough. And that, that, yeah, that would you would get, get all the early damage in beforehand. There. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. whereas this list I'm playing that. is just not that at all. No. There's no early game. Yeah. The um, the cost reduction for, with ten, with Haughty uh, Gin on Thirst for Discovery is very nice and, yeah, really good. and Syncopate. Yeah, syncopate exiling. That's that's one thing that people forget. Yep. Syncopate exiles the spell that's counted. So exiling, you know, the tenacious underdog. Tenacious Man, underdog. I, just, yeah. I just forget that card's name all the time. Yeah, ex- the exiling card cards that like I'm, that is really good. The other card I'm playing a couple of copies of is March of the Swirling Mists. Yep. And that is just like that's the one that will just buy you that turn you need. Sometimes you just need to fog for a turn to be able to, you know, untap and just get set up and kind of take over at that point. But that's yeah. that's really excellent. And again, the discount on it is fantastic. The amount of times I've stuffed up casting that on my phone, many, <laughs> <laughs> many, many times not not targeting things properly. And it just yeah. submit. I don't want to exile any blue cards. And you click submit zero and then you bump it again and you've submitted zero targets and you're dead. <laughs> Good work, Joel. <laughs> nice. All right. The next deck along the list is uh, one that's, New, like we we've had this in the past, but completely different version. So this is Gruel Agro, and uh, yeah, this is pretty low on the number of matches played as well. But I have seen this starting to become more popular, and I know Chewie's been playing this one as well, and it, it's it's quite strong. So it's got a ton of cards from Dominaria United. Like we're, we're running mm-hmm. Phoenix Chicks, we've got the Shivan Devastator we spoke about before, uh, Ascendant Pack Leader, which we've seen in the past, which gets big pretty quickly in, in mm-hmm. this sort of list. Uh, Lanoir Loam Speaker, which is from Dominaria as well, which is a two-mana, one-three mana dork, but then it can turn a land into a three-three. Quirion Beast Caller. This thing is a pain in the backside for Mono Red. It's a two-mana, two-two that when you cast a creature spell, you put a plus and plus on counter on it. So it's just casting the creature spell you mm-hmm. hit the counter. And yep. then when it dies, you can distribute its counters uh, among any number of targets. So... You know, they cast a few creatures, it turns into a 6-6, six, six, you kill it, and then they get those four counters spread across its other creatures. Got the Yavimea Iconoclast, which is a 2-mana 3-2 with Trample. Uh, we play play that one in Draft, but it's got Kicker of a single red, so it turns it into a 3-mana three 3-2 three, Trample. But when you kick it, it gets plus on plus on and haste till end of turn, so it's a 4-3 haste Trample for 3-mana, which is pretty nice. 
Thundering Raiju we've seen before, that works quite well in this deck because you get a lot of things getting counters. And Halana and Elena Partners. This thing is just a... Oh, very annoying. <laughs> we've, we've seen it before, but... <laughs> Yeah, Again, just, just putting putting a bunch of counters on uh, on different things and giving creatures haste and, and whatever. Uh, Kamano, because that just goes very well in this deck. And then, yeah, you get like Carpluse and Forests in, in your mana base as well. So the, the mana is actually quite good. So just good, solid beatdown. And I've come across this deck a few times in Mono Red, and it's not too bad because I'm running a ton of burn, so I can keep their creatures off the field and just sort of get in with my chip damage. But if you're playing any sort of slower deck or probably mono blue or something like that you do not want to be facing decks like these they just put big creatures on the field with haste and punch you in the face really quickly so keep an eye out for gruel aggro if you're into your slightly bigger aggro decks then uh, this is a a good place to be starting i reckon yeah i haven't run across it yet but um i can see that'll be i can see the appeal to it yeah definitely next deck on the list I know. Everyone knows how much you love Teferi, Cracker. He's the best Planeswalker. <laughs> He's not in all of these lists, but we're, we're at the Azorius control now. And I'm surprised we're not seeing more of this deck. Like, as we said earlier, when you've got that real heavy mid-range meta, normally control can just come in and go, yeah, okay, you know, you can have your nice mid-range deck, but I'm just going to take control of the game and enact my long long game plan and mm-hmm. win the game so i'm surprised we haven't seen more of it and it's taken a while to come out but we're starting to see a bit more of it now so what are we seeing in the blue white decks i mean wandering emperors and farewells seem yep. like a pretty good combination <laughs> uh and then counter spells oh counter spells and removal spells sorry i felt like i was gonna sneeze there uh, <laughs> so fateful absence <laughs> impulses yeah scorns devious cover-up which we've seen before deluge in some lists there's the khan's silex apparently is a thing that people are doing which makes sense right it's the uh slow oblivion stone i think is what people call it you know yeah pay x and exile it and it destroys each non-land permanent with mana value x or less activate only as a sorcery but again like onboard sweeper seems good i haven't actually run across this myself yet have you come across it like once or twice not not very often and like the deck I'm playing is just super aggressive, so they they just yeah, haven't. No, nah, they just haven't done enough to slow me down and yeah, just run them over. But yeah, like th- things like farewell and and that sort of stuff, and and wandering emperor that's exiling creatures. Same with uh, I know faithful absence doesn't exile that destroys, but yeah, a few few different uh, exiling removal spells and syncopate to to counter things is kind of what you want to be doing with against the mono black. So. Yeah, I, I, I never know. I'm not a control player. I have played control in on occasion, but I the thought of building a control deck to beat a metagame just, oh, nah, no, ch- no chance. <laughs> so if you give me a control deck that you're like, yep, this is all set up and tuned for the meta, I'll play it and I'll, I'll do fine. But no, nah, it's, it's kind of not, not where my brain's at. So yeah, we're not seeing a ton of it. It is, you know, it's seventh on our list today. The, uh, of for popularity, four point six percent, and win rate for today is eighth place. So, yeah, it's not exactly setting the world on fire. So, well, if mono red and mono white are super popular at the moment, then yeah, I can see how that's gonna be a problem. And just yeah. mono black stripping your hand. I think that the control deck can be built once the metagame is settled to do really well. Like yep. you said, that's that's the sort of thing that can be tuned. Yeah. All right. And Esper. Yeah. 
What is going Esper's on in Esper? Still really good. It's just a Rafine deck, man. Just Rafine deck, you said. <laughs> uh, playing yeah, lots of Rafines. It's excellent. It's so hard for you to kill as well. Four toughness. Oh, yeah. And then and the, just get the ward. Big. The, yeah. Yeah. Like four, four toughness means either they need to have blocked something and then I can finish it with a removal spell or a burn spell, or I have to spend two burn spells to kill it and having to pay the ward one on like each of those spells. Five mana. Just to <laughs> yeah, get rid- and exactly. they've always got another one. They just play yeah, another yeah. one afterwards. Uh, also playing like Kaito's Wandering Emperors in various numbers. Uh, this one's interesting. It's got like fairy vandals and things, which I haven't seen. I've seen lists kind of like the the second one down where they're playing like underdogs and some Sarah Paragons and, and a few other things. And then just good removal spells. You know, they get cut downs, destroy evils, make disappear. I got absolutely blown out by a disdainful stroke <laughs> last night. I just was not expecting disdainful stroke in the main and my poor Telerian Terror just was counted. I felt so. Uh, <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, they've got like negate. That's funny. Uh, no, they didn't. Anyway, uh, so yeah, they look really strong. Uh, Rafine is is a house. I mean, yeah. it's it has been since it entered in streets and just continues to be. It's just the best thing for the rate, I think, at the moment. Yeah, it's it's very solid and. Esper, like as soon as you branch into three colours, unless you're playing, you know, like the runes deck where it is a very specific, these are the cards you play, this type of deck is you build it however you want it. And there's a bunch of different versions with with different styles. You know, you, you can be really controlling and, and basically just sort of running off Rafine and Wandering Emperor and that sort of thing with a, a ton of counter spells and, and removal or, um, you know, a bit more creature based. And, you know, there's, I've seen a bunch of lists with cards like Denik, which is a, two mana two three with lifelink that has cards in graveyards can't be the target of spells or abilities and mm-hmm. it has a, a disturb side as well so f- sort of a few different things going on with that i've seen people playing uh, like the top list we've got here that has the resolute reinforcements which is a draft card the one and a white one one with flash that enters the battlefield and creates a, a token as well good good liliana protection you know when you've got just a a rafine on the field and they minus their Liliana, you can flash in a Resolute Reinforcements and just sack a token or flash in a, a Fairy Vandal and sack that. So, yeah, there's a, there's a few different ways of doing things with Esper, but, it, yeah, it's, it's quite powerful, but it is mostly centred around Rafine, which is not surprising because that is a, a very powerful card. And, and we saw that in the last standard. There was quite a few Esper decks getting around uh, based on Rafine, so... Yeah, we did. Not surprising. Yep. And they're the, the, basically always running uh, four of wedding announcement as well because, again, that just churns out tokens, which gives you fodder yeah. for Liliana and different things like that. Well, and it, it triggers as well. So Rafine is whenever it's for uh, Connives X, where X is the number of attacking creatures. Yeah, yeah. So you just want tokens because, I mean, you want to flip with wedding announcement, right? You just attack with a munch or you don't care if it's just attacking and they die because it's just more triggers. Just makes Rafine even better. Uh, the mana base is, is interesting. They did get two of the Pain Lands, which is pretty good. So they got the Caves of Koilos and also the Attacar Wastes. Yeah. Uh, they didn't get the blue-black one, which will be coming in the next set. So that will get better. But they also do have um, one of the yeah, Triomes. Yeah, which which makes a really big uh, difference in terms of their you know, mana base to, to keep that going. Yeah. Yeah, you got Triomes and then you've got the, like... Slow lands or whatever they're called. The ends about yep. it tapped unless you control two or more other lands. So yeah, it's not that hard to um, to have a mana base that works in in those colors, which is good. 
All right. So that's sort of the top eight from Untapped, but there are mm-hmm. other lists that we're certainly seeing around. And that was, as, as a reminder, that was best of one. Uh, so we're going to have a quick look at a few lists from the MTG Goldfish uh, meta. And mm-hmm. there's – have you seen this the Jund Windgrace list? Let's let's start there. Yeah. Have you seen this list? I think I've played against it once, but I've certainly seen the lists around, like I've seen people talking about it. It's interesting. It's just a pile of Jund cards. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> Like, I, I, I don't know. It looks like people just went, well, I need the best card at this mana value. What's it going to be? Yeah, I'll take some yeah. Blood Tithe Harvesters and Tenacious Underdogs. Okay. What are my three drops going to be? Well, I'm going to have some Graveyard Trespassers and some Fable of the Mirror Breakers. All right. Well, like, what have we got after that? Like, it's, it seems it's, it's really junk. strong, but yeah. it is it is very jundy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the lists I've seen a few of. Like the actual Windgrace ones have mm-hmm. Soul of Windgrace, which is a card from Dominaria United that's a, a four mana, like one and Jund for five four when it enters the battlefield or attacks. You can put a land card from your graveyard onto the battlefield under your control, and then it's got three abilities. So you can pay green, mm-hmm. discard a land, and you gain three life. You can pay one and a red, discard a land, and you draw a card, or two and a black, discard a land, and it gains indestructible until end of turn, and you tap it. So it's playing all the lands from streets that were the ones that they enter the battlefield and you sack them straight away and then you go and get a swamp, a mountain or a forest sort of yep. thing. So it's so it's pretty easy to have lands in your graveyard and then you, mm-hmm. you're basically just bringing them back and, and recycling them either to get more lands or use that value. But yeah, Jun's interesting. It's I don't see it being any better than... Like I, to be honest, I don't see it being any better than mono black. Like you just kind it just of just goes bigger, man. Like I think that's it the does, thing. but I just don't think it's better. Like the the things that it's doing when it's bigger is I don't think it's it's actually worth it. Well, not Maybe. not from what I've seen. T- it, is, it is quite slow. Titan is a house. It is yeah. definitely slow, and I think that's where it may struggle a little bit. But I don't know. The, I find that I I tend to underestimate these piles like it happened with like our leagues a couple of times with like the grixis vampire things and i'm like this is just a pile of cards and like there's no deep synergy where you go oh mono black is just it is the best cards in the best deck and it is super consistent because it's just black it's just all there is to it right or like you know some synergy based thing or whatever like a control thing it's just like okay like here are the things, but these decks always just look like piles to me, and they always just do way better than I think they're going <laughs> to. <laughs> so, I don't know. There's Grixis. So, Grixis, we're mm-hmm. seeing similar cards to what we've got in uh, in all the other ones. Uh, I'm shocked. When you go Grixis, you get Corpse Appraiser, which is a pretty solid card. We, we've seen that from Streets as well. You, get, uh, you also get access to Rona's Vortex, so you can kick that and put cards on the bottom of your library. Mm-hmm. You know, Fable of Mirror Breaker, Meat Hook Massacre, all that sort of thing. So, again, it's pick your flavor of black cards and what you sort of want to what you sort of want to pair with it. Yeah, and uh, Vaulted I Surge, I think, is a really good pickup for the Grixis decks as well. Just yeah. with the blood tokens you've got kicking around from Blood Tithe, being able to deal four. And Treasures. Be, treasures it, from Fable. Yeah, exactly. It can be a really big deal to be able to just have that little extra point of damage. Yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, then there's just straight. Rakdos, which which we've seen before. Sure, nothing new, nothing to talk about there. No, 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 no nothing else. Um, and then 
I don't have a list here, but I have seen a few Bant decks getting around. Have you seen many of those? I've seen lists. I don't know that I've come across one. Okay. So, uh, yeah, like I've seen uh, like Storm the Festival, Renan Seven, Wandering Emperor, that yep. sort of thing, with with a, a little bit of ramp from the various cards that we've had over the over the last few sets. Nothing mm-hmm. new really creeping into it. It's it's just sort of powerful cards that we've seen before, and yeah, some people trying to sort of ramp up to the um, Titan. So. I mean, it's kind of like pick your engine, right? Like pick the 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 couple of cards that everyone wants to build around, and then you know, like just the support. But I think you know, if you had to define like you know the top couple of cards from each color, it it would be pretty easy to just you know fill out all of standard from there. And it, it's nice because it feels like there are pretty much like top cards in each color. It doesn't feel like anything is is super underrepresented. Mono red is interesting because, like, the best card is Fable, which is not really like a mono red card. No, no. Uh, it's it's definitely like a mid range card. But again, like, you've got some other really aggressive things in there. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think I look. I'm about this standard. I'm having a lot of fun playing it. Like, winning or losing, I find that they're actually like really interesting games, and there's enough variance in what my opponent is doing that it's interesting. Now, whether that will change, probably, because, you know, things always do. You know, it gets solved in quotes. Uh, but I'm having fun for the moment. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'm actually pretty pretty interested in uh, in Standard and, and pretty excited about our league that's going to come up. And I will be continuing to jam Mono Red, which makes me happy. So <laughs> the right. fact that I can Free do, do that people. and be uh, competitive is good for me. But yeah, I mean, I mean, when I'm streaming my league matches anyway, it's yeah, it's, it's free metagame against me. Go for it. I'll, I'll it, to- it just makes it funnier when they when I still win. Because it's like, well, you can't, you're hard metagamed against me and I'm I still beat you. So. Face up. <laughs> you get wrecked. Yeah. So, yeah, speaking about League, that is coming up very soon. We have the live draw, uh, which is coming up on this Monday, which will be the 26th. So, a few days from today, because of the, uh, we've got the grand final long weekend here in Melbourne, and we obviously had the the Queen's Memorial Day off today. So, uh, we decided we'd, we'd push it back a couple of days because, you know, everyone's away. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's taken advantage <laughs> yes. of the long weekend, which makes a lot of sense. So we're, we'll be doing the live draw. And so there's still a few more days and chances for you to register for that. So please go check out our challenge page. Uh, currently, we've got 41 people registered, which is pretty good. Good size. Yep. We're, we'll usually end up with a few more, hopefully, you know, in the 50 kind of range, maybe a few more than that. And these leagues are always heaps of fun. They are... Uh, around Robin, so you get split into groups, and then you play against everyone inside your group, and then the top two. Well, depending on how many groups we have, that will change based on. Yeah, we're on the we're already over forty, so we're at, we're at eight groups. Right there, you go. So it'll be the the top two people from each of the the group stages will then progress through to a top sixteen, and we do like a double elimination bracket. We stream the finals and do all that sort of stuff, and there are prizes, right? Envy points. It is your last chance to rack up those points for the Invitational, which is coming up very soon. And if you just, you know, crush it, which we've seen people do, people jump in, first league out, just win through and then auto qualify for the Envy. So it's not done yet. And 
the standings are really tight for everyone else. So people are people are going to be fighting pretty hard for these last few points, I think. Um, but then there's just like straight cash prizes, right? We we yep. we pay out from Josh and Pat's. Thank you, Josh and Pat. Uh, <laughs> you know they they help us with you know like we've got product that we give away and and also just you know cash. So come hang out. It's free to enter. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of banter. We all give each other a hard time, and uh, you can also just you know lose to Shorty on stream while he's playing Mono Red. It's great. <laughs> or you can just beat me on stream. <laughs> all that too, which is even better. Yep, hundred percent. All right, so yeah, that will be this Monday night around nine PM. We'll do that, and then the league will kick off straight away, and it'll be a four-week group stage for this one with the finals on the fifth of November. So keep that in mind. Okay, so that's going to do us for this week, Cracker. Hopefully, everyone got a bit of an idea of what's going on in Standard and they can start crafting those decks for the league and start hitting up those ladder games. But that's going to do us usual wrap-up. If you want to get in on all these events and the different things that we do and just be part of our awesome community, come and join us in our Discord. There is a link, as always, in the show notes for that. There's also links in the show notes for our merch store. We've got the upcoming event in Sydney towards the end of November, so it'd be sweet to see a bunch of people. There's been a lot of chatter of all the different people that are going up there. It'd be awesome to see everyone in some Beans gear, so go and grab yourself some of that. Don't leave it too late. Go and check out Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Grab a bargain on their daily auctions. Just go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au and that'll take you straight to the Facebook group. If you want to find us on Facebook, or YouTube, or Twitch, or Twitter, or any of those places. Just search for Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast, and you will find us there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. You are Cracker. At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time. <laughs>